Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, old bean. Hello. Tell you what else I thought I'd uh, try experimenting with. You all right, my old china? No. No? It doesn't suit you. No, it's, why not? It's too try hard. Okay, mm. but bean is fine. Beans. It's fine. It's better than old scrote, as I keep saying. Yeah. What's, what has happened to people being each other's old china? Old china. China. What does it mean? China. Fate. So I don't know. My guess is China play mate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, That's no, just, it, just it is, a guess. It is, it is. Um, Annabelle showed me a great photo before we started recording today. Yeah, of my dog with another dog that looked exactly the same but was slightly bigger. Imagine what that must have been like for your dog. He did not even notice. I always think that must be weird for dogs who are. Thoroughbred. I mean, that makes what, what do you call it? Pedigrees. Pedigrees. Yeah, not thoroughbreds. That's horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to use the word mongrel because it sounds in some way offensive, but I dogs don't is. understand English, you do say they? Cross, you say mixed breed. For a mixed breed, you, but yeah. why? I don't know. Like dogs don't know enough English. <laughs> no. They know sit, fetch, paw sometimes, mm. lie down, roll over. Yeah, yeah but yeah. they tend not to be sensitive to the, uh, the, the finer nuances. Oh. Of uh, of like, but any anyway, um, I always think it must be weird when you see something that looks exactly like you, but especially in this case, like you, but what thirty percent bigger? Would yes, you say? Yeah, it was. Yeah, really weird. There is um, and has been for many years since we moved here. Not long after we moved here, we we would go out every morning for a walk around the park, my wife and I, and I'd see this one particular guy. And always say hello to him. And, uh, you know, it's not like I'm walking along the canal, which is an environment where you have to say hello to everybody, as we all know. Mm. I wasn't saying hello to everybody in the park. It was just this this one gentleman. We we always seemed compelled to say hello to each other. And I said this to Sarah one day. I said, why am I always saying hello to that guy? Why do, why do we always let on to each other? And she said, oh, it's because you look alike. Oh, and you did? Yeah, and still, I saw him yesterday, like at the end of my street. We always say hello to each other, and we're, we're not identical twins. It's, it's not a striking similarity like that, mm. but we are of a type. Right. And I think there's something about that that always leads us to say hello to each other. But you weren't conscious of it. No, I didn't know why it was. Really? You know, um, I guess it's like if you're a mini 
if you drive a Mini, mm. you always say hello to the people in Minis. It's me and this fella. And and it's, it's we've never said anything other than hello. And it's never, you know, obviously then, obviously never been acknowledged why we're doing it. Mm. But I think we we both just think, Oh, there's a there's a bit of a feather. We he's, should stick together by saying hello to each other. He's my people's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of my neighbourhood, oh yeah, I had a hit joke in my neighbourhood Facebook group today. Oh, congratulations! Thank Tell you. us, please. I mean, I think it annoyed the original poster. How many so, people are in on this group? Let's have a bit of context here. Let me have a look. I'm going to just look it up now. While and when you we say neighbourhood, are you talking your street or your... No, no, no. no I'm wider. talking about the, the... I guess it would be the postcode that I live in. Okay. Oh, and okay. in this okay. group are 6,663 <gasps> people. Wow. Yeah. So somebody posted earlier, any numbers for a chimney sweep? Right. And I replied... Yeah. Chim Chimmery or Step in Time are both good numbers for a chimney sweep. <laughs> That's very good. It's very, very good. One like. Yeah. <laughs> what? And then like people were posting um, sort of eye-rolly gifs. Oh, Jeff. That doesn't deserve... I, that, you got a real laugh from me there. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good joke, Shall wasn't it? i tell you it? what that would have done. That yeah. would have irritated the original poster because they just genuinely do want... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I did put in brackets afterwards, sorry, which I I hope mitigated Mm -hmm. the fact that I was uh, making a a facetious facetious thing. I'll tell you something that happened the other day that was excruciating. Um, And I I didn't know what to do. So I have, last week, I showed my son the scene from Austin Powers 2 where little mini-me beats up Austin Powers. Okay. I want to point out at this stage that my son is four. It would be strange to show him all of Austin Powers. Right, yeah. But that scene has a sort of Tom and Jerry-like quality to it, would you say? Mm-hmm. You know, it's cartoony. It's, it's like one of those cartoons that I knew he'd laugh at it. And sure enough, he asks for it over and over again. And we just watched that two or three minutes scene of, of little mini me sort of twirling Austin Powers around above his head, throwing him against the wall, uh, which culminates, spoiler alert, in Austin Powers sitting on a loo in a space station and flushing the little mini me out to space. And my son loves that. Mm-hmm. See the little guy whizzing round in outer space. So it's a big hit with him. Mm-hmm. And and he asks for it over and over again. He's asked the name of the characters and, and so on. A few days after I first showed it to him and it became his obsession... We were in the local shop. I call it the everything shop because it sells everything. Right. It's one of those places. Mm-hmm. I would go there to buy a lampshade, some batteries, washing up liquid. Oh, you okay. know, it's, it's this shop that just seems to have everything in it. Mm-hmm. And we're in the queue. Mm. There's a parallel queue to ours. Yeah. In the parallel queue to ours, there was a man mm. who... Whilst not notably short like Mini Me from Austin Powers, right. was a oh, touch yeah. on the short side. Okay. He also was was bald, right? Like Mini Me from Austin Powers. Okay. So Gene looks at him, oh, God. and then looks at me and says in his loud voice, because yeah. he's a loud child, "Does he look like Mini Me from Austin Powers? <laughs> Does that guy look like Austin Powers, Mini Me?" 
awful. Just the worst. What do you say in that situation? Nothing. Like, so, so I didn't. I, 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 other parents seem to have the right awful. thing to say. I sort of clammed up, mm. and I don't know what I muttered to try and change the sentence, but it wasn't a good answer to Gene. At which point he turns to this guy and goes, "Sir, no, 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 sir, no. are you small, sir?" Are you small? This is the worst thing ever. I know. Are you, what did the guy say? <laughs> he just sort of looked uncomfortable oh, and, and did a half smile. No. Are you small? Are you small? And then oh, I, I, I know. I know. And then I tried to make it a bit better by going, oh, no. he's not small. He's he's a little shorter than I am, but oh, it's about, about the same size. Stop, stop. But this guy didn't give anything. He didn't join in. Meanwhile, this loud four-year-old is just going are you small oh. does he look like mini me <laughs> never show your son Austin no. Bowers. <laughs> right let's hear what the drifters have been sending in this week about so we've got two office based ones, just in case any home workers are feeling nostalgic for the office, that this will put pay to that. Great. Emily says, so maybe about three years ago, I had a hideous incident at work involving the office manager. We'll call him Fred. At the time, I was having Invisalign done on my teeth. So every time I ate, I had to go and brush my teeth before putting my retainer back in. I would use the disabled loo to do this so I could have some privacy. It doesn't matter how much I try, I'm not one of these people that can brush their teeth without foaming at the mouth. Before people judge me, I would just like to point out there were no there are no wheelchair users at work and there is a disabled toilet on each floor, which can be accessed by lifts. So I'd finished my lunch, headed off to brush my teeth and open the door to the toilet, which opened straight out onto the reception area because whoever designed the building was obviously demented. <laughs> and what was I confronted with? Fred, halfway through, pulling down his trousers and squatting over the toilet. He stared at me in horror. I stared back at him in horror, mumbled a quick sorry, slammed the door and ran away. He had to walk past my desk to get back to his. Hideous. <laughs> then, maybe a few months after the toilet incident, an email was sent out to all the... Oh, sent out to all of head office informing us there was going to be a staff shop that afternoon. The staff shop is cash only and my office is in an industrial park, so no cash machines nearby. Who carries cash on them these days without prior notice? I forwarded the email on to a colleague with a snarky, great notice as usual. A few minutes later, Fred shows up at my desk looking worried and sad and said, Is everything okay? Yeah, why? I said, Well, that email. I felt my face going bright red as I scrambled back through my sent messages and realised instead of forwarding the email, I had pressed reply. Uh, and of course, the sender of that email was the office manager, Fred. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I said next. It's all just an embarrassing, horrible blur. But I do remember him <laughs> being concerned that he'd somehow upset me. He's honestly the nicest man in the world and I am trash. <laughs> Thank God I didn't click reply all. Oh, Fred. Yeah, Fred. Uh, and this is from Jules. This has a a very slight swear word it's in it. It's profanity. Good. But if you're extremely easily offended, skip forward. But yeah, it's if you're really listening with children. But I'm just I'm just in mild. the mood for profanity the, today. It really is extremely on the This is going to be a high point for no, me. No, it's it's no, not no. a great time of it at the moment. <laughs> and a little bit, a little bit of filth, a little bit of cursing. No, no. I, I really think I've I've got you too excited now. Okay. It's extremely mild. Okay. 
Back in the late 1980s, I was a shy, awkward teenager with not much confidence. I was on a secretarial course at college and sent on work experience to a local company to do reception work, telex, opening incoming posts, plus typing letters and answering incoming calls on a switchboard. The receptionist who was allocated to supervise me was irritated and unhelpful. She seemed to take an instant dislike to me for no reason at all. She kept telling me that I should go and eat in the canteen, but could not be bothered to show me where it was. So, in true drift of fashion, I was too scared to ask more than once or just wander around aimlessly <laughs> trying to find this mythical dining room. There were no shops nearby, so I bought in a pat lunch for two weeks and sat alone in the back of the office on every break. My course tutor visited to see how I was getting on, but I sat alongside the horrible receptionist. So, of course, I smiled through gritted teeth and said nothing about how miserable my time there was. Towards the end of my fortnight, the receptionist suddenly just took a couple of days off to go to France, leaving me alone and inexperienced. Nightmare. Two incidents ensued. A staff member phoned in to the switchboard to let me know that a very important call from Denmark would be coming in. They asked that I connect the call to their extension, then quickly hung up. Technology not being so great in those days, the LCD LCD display of the switchboard wasn't very clear and disappeared quickly. It looked like extension 615. A short time later, a foreign call came in. They did not speak much English, so I connected it straight away to 615. Five minutes later, an irate person on extension 615 phones me, shouting about how they'd had a call from a foreign person that was not meant for them. I apologised and felt terrible. Another five minutes goes by and another shouting person is on the line. Horror of horrors, it was extension 815. More apologies and feeling awful. Later, one of the directors from the top floor came down to ask for a document to be typed. This was considered a great honour as he only liked his PA to do it and she was also off. What with running the reception and switchboard single-handedly, I probably didn't proofread my typing as thoroughly I should have done. A while later, he returned looking awkward and said there was just one error. It turned out, in an attempt to type the word white under a colour category, I had hit the key below W and S and typed (laughs) shite instead. Yes. (laughs) Oh, the mortification. (laughs) I worried that he thought I had done it on purpose for a joke. I was so red-faced and didn't make eye contact and avoided him for the rest of my time there. I was glad when the fortnight was over. The company got taken over and eventually went out of business. (laughs) The building is now split into different offices. I try past it occasionally. It's been nearly 32 years, but I always cringe remembering the phone incident and the word shite. (laughs) Oh, please uh, send... um... Send us your story uh, that still makes you cringe many years later. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Time for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Some of the things that I don't believe in, aside from the obvious stuff like everlasting love. (laughs) Snowflakes. I'm sorry, but there is no way that each one is unique. Until they've analysed every single one, past, present and future, so Mm. they'll need a time machine tune, I'm just not accepting it. I'm going to say something harsh here. Mm. I just think it's a lazy assumption. (laughs) Just because someone, like, say, studied a million snowflakes and found they were all different, I'm not sure that that even happened, not bothered to check, but even if someone did do that, 
There have been a billion, 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 trillion, zillion, gazillion, million snowflakes in the history of time. And you check that. I have. And I think you can agree. My grasp on numbers here <laughs> shows a very scientific mind. And this very scientific mind says that person who studied a million and found them all different got lucky. It's, it's more likely three dozen or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like someone studying a thousand dogs and finding they all like sticking their head out of a car window and then saying it was true of all dogs. But they didn't study my dog, Rusty Scruff the Teddy Bear King, and see him in a car cowering on the seat while breathing heavily <laughs> and trying to say with his eyes, please make this be over soon. <laughs> there have been two identical snowflakes. I'm telling you that now. Mm. We just don't know about it. Yep. Same goes for fingerprints. I've not seen enough proof. To be honest, I've not seen any proof because I've not bothered to check it, but it just doesn't add up. Like I've seen a fingerprint on my hand. Like right now I can see it. There is not that much variation. It's just a few swirls. <laughs> Do you want to know how many people have ever lived ever? Uh, yes, yes, based on your previous numbers, calculations. A lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Are you telling me there's been that many variations? You only get your fingerprints taken if you've committed a crime been accused of committing a crime but didn't do it, biometric residence permits, visa applications, passports in some countries, some jobs, quite a lot of doors now actually, like my son's old nursery entrance, my really? laptop. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Don't get me wrong though, I'm all for science. I, I'm someone who got a D in GCC chemistry, <laughs> so I consider myself to have this very scientific brain. Just in these instances, I think they've got it wrong. Fingerprints, snowflakes. Oh, and also telling the age of a tree by the rings in its trunk. <laughs> They claim that some trees go back nearly 5,000 years. So really, you're just guessing. You don't know this. My upstairs neighbour, who wants the tree at the end of his garden knocked down, <laughs> swears, he swears he remembers it being planted when he moved in 25 years ago. And yet the tree surgeons from the council told me it was 400 years old. Like, who is right? Some experts guessing or my upstairs neighbour who swears, <laughs> swears he remembers it being planted 25 years ago. I suppose if he swears... <laughs> And has now grown to 500 feet tall. Just guessing that I don't know exactly. <laughs> Give me more proof. Okay, let's have a few uh, laughing on the outside, dying on the insides. Okay. Hi, steward Claire Williams. I'm left-handed. In my previous job in opticians, I had to sit down with customers and fill in forms for their eye tests and glasses. Pretty much every other customer would follow one of these approximate scripts. Oh, are you left-handed? My grandson, daughter, husband is left-handed. Oh, are you left-handed? Did you know that Prince William and Barack Obama are left-handed? Oh, you're left-handed. You're meant to be more intelligent and artistic. <laughs> But the best exclamation was, and I've only ever heard this once, are you left-handed? Does it hurt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. I'm so glad I'm in an office job now. It doesn't involve fake smiling at these statements several thousand times per week. I've, I've said before, I sometimes will get people saying, oh, I thought you were left-handed to me. Mm. Like it's a personality trait. I think it's because like, you're intelligent and artistic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is from Imperial Mistress Rebecca. My husband, Nicky, has curly hair and people always ask him, is your hair naturally curly? Insinuating that he has a perm. <laughs> he always replies with, no, it's not natural. I put rollers in at night. <laughs> people, especially lovely old grannies, always touch his hair. He's always compared to Mickey Flanagan, Alan Davies and Brian May. I can confirm that he looks nothing like these gentlemen. He is a white man with dark curly hair, but that is where the similarity ends. 
Nikki is a nurse and is always referred to as a male nurse, which he finds annoying as there's yeah. no other job which is pricks prefix with one's gender also the classic things he hears when stripper take- maybe stripper males yeah that's true yeah. yeah classic thing he hears when taking blood is it a little prick and oh. how much blood are you going to take an armful oh yeah 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 there was only one time he genuinely had a chuckle at something a patient st- said he asked who their next of kin was patient said what's next of kin he replied oh someone to call in an emergency with a cheeky grin the patient said an ambulance driver. It's a lame <laughs> joke, but cheered him up that day. Uh, oh, Chief Governor Isabel, I'm a GP, but I know this is definitely has much broader scope than that and certainly includes policemen and teachers, etc. When I was a junior doctor, I used to hate it when patients would say to me, oh, you don't look old enough to be a doctor or are you sure you're old enough? Etc. Etc. I distinctly remember being really chuffed to finally reach the age of 30, felt really old at the time, and being able to say, I'm 30, sometimes possibly a bit too aggressively. <laughs> the other obvious one is the immediate, oh, I've got this rash, and then displaying whatever body part it happens to be on. The worst thing about this is that it's usually followed by, oh, I'm sure you get this all the time, or, oh, you must hate this, to which the answers are yes, and yes, so don't do it. <laughs> I mean, as you know, I've got a problem with this. I remember once being at a lunch with a, at someone's house, one of the people around the table was a doctor mm. and somebody with a kid, the kid wasn't there, but started asking about their kid's symptoms. Mm. Doctor was was very friendly and, and answered the question. Mm. So I then saw my opportunity to ask about <laughs> some of the, I mean, I couldn't go through all the list of no, symptoms, of but not. some of mine. Mm. And people got annoyed at me and said, Jeff, do you not know not to... Ask a doctor about mm. symptoms in a social situation. Seems like it's one rule for a poorly child and yes, another for you. It does. Yeah. I think I would be like, so I, I, I don't have an expertise, like medical expertise, but I know about, say, the Beatles, for example. Mm. If I was at a lunch and somebody just wanted to talk to me about the Beatles, I would be happy because then it takes the pressure off having to think of anything interesting about a different subject to say in a conversation or join in or keep the ball in the air. You'd be thrilled. I would. Maybe they don't want the responsibility of it or they don't want to think about it. I would work. happily say they should carry a waiver. Yes, yes. So talk about this as much as you want, but you've got to sign this waiver. Yes, that's a great idea. Maybe Isabel will do it. Great. Uh, let's have some more of these, please. Uh, the things that people always say to you when they find out about your job or your nationality, or like some physical trait, like being left-handed or whatever. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I haven't got much on at the moment. Okay. So I've been thinking to myself, do you know what I should do is I should get into the storage in our attic, in fact, in that cupboard over there, because we, we're sitting in the attic at the moment, and just sort 
it's 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 almost those doors are difficult to close because there's so much junk in there. Oh, right. I should sort it all out, do a spring clean. I should get on top of this mm. and really, you know, get loads of bin bags full. It feels good, doesn't it? We did it with some of Jean's toys the other day, and it, it feels good to have that kind of sort out. And I've been thinking, I should. I've been thinking this for a while. I should do this with my own stuff. Mm. Do you know why I don't? Why? Because what if it turned out there isn't some hitherto undiscovered possession of mine which is worth a lot of money <laughs> and will guarantee me financial security for the rest of my life? Then what will I do? The hope's all gone. Yeah, exactly. And hope is anything keeping you going, right? Yeah. yeah. I made a joke about that on Twitter earlier and somebody replied, it's Schrodinger's tat. <laughs> I thought it was That's such brilliant. a great joke. Great. Um, you and Tom came over the other day for lunch. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel it went? Yeah, I think it went pretty well. You made an absolutely delicious lunch, may I say? Very nice. Thank so you. I, th- I thought that. like one of the dishes was really good, and the other two, it was the first time I've made them, and I think that the second attempt will be better. But I thank you for being kind about them. Um, I tell you what, I feel bad about mm. Tom. Is so he's such a warm curious person Mm. and he wants to talk and he wants to ask questions and I am somebody who is completely incapable of holding a conversation when I'm cooking ah yes so I'm trying to talk to him and be Mm. friendly Mm. but I feel that I'm coming across as curt or rude or standoffish or something when in actual fact I'm just panicking about having to cook and get everything done at the same time is I find it difficult doing those two things at once but he's he's one of these like some people have such a relaxed way in a kitchen Mm. that you would do well in one of those kitchens that they would talk about on location 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 where it's the heart of the house (laughs) and he would just be there doing something with a frying pan and chopping things up and and still entertaining entertaining (laughs) and holding court whereas I I'm just concentrating on not burning things or chopping my fingers off Mm-mm. yes no i'm the same what i'll do in future is i'll tell him like no, you're not allowed to speak to jeff until he's finished cooking how does that sound well then it sounds like i've been moaning about him which i'm i'm, I'm this is entirely on me not on him i think he is mm. doing the right you know mm. he's he's doing the socially acceptable and nice thing to do Mm-mm. coming and chatting in the kitchen because he sees our kitchen and thinks oh it's the heart of the house <laughs> maybe mine host wants a little chat he'll but... be thinking that you'd be bored in there that's what he'd be thinking but yeah you're not bored you're concentrating i am concentrating mm. um yeah i, I enjoyed uh, enjoyed having you over um and it was the first time i had eaten something different for a while because i'm up to something weird at the moment oh go on so i'm calorie counting right and, and doing a, a particular diet. And my way of handling this particular diet has been to eat the same thing every day for about a month. Why? I didn't know this. Yes. No. Yeah. Because it makes it easier for you? Kind of, yeah. So... Can we... Would you... Would yeah, well, I'll us? tell you what it is, because I've talked about it on the podcast. I've been eating chilli paneer every day for a month. <laughs> and sometimes I've been making it but more often than not, I've been ordering it in just a little starter size portion. And I know what people are thinking. They're thinking, Jeff, that's not health food. And you are right, it's not health food. Yeah. But I'm, that's the only thing I'm eating in any given day. Because it's it's essentially fried cheese. Yeah, but it's it's. Um, I'm trying not to use 
much oil. But the point is, mm. the point I'm making is like this diet that I've learned off the television. It doesn't it involves like not eating carbohydrates. Okay. And getting some keto, is it keto, keto uh, going? Yeah, 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 which yeah. I think cheese is probably the best way for me to do that as a vegetarian. Uh, okay. And I agree that uh, chili paneer isn't health food. Yeah, yeah. But if it's the only thing I'm eating. And also you love it. And like, I do you, love yeah, it. Yeah. I think I'm sticking with eight. So I'm trying to stick to 800 calories a day. And how do you feel? Fine. Fine. Yeah. Just like, fine. You know, I think about food a lot and what I would like to be eating. And you're only eating this at the end of the day. Yeah. So are you getting hungry and tired throughout the day? Some in the mornings I can be a bit hungry, but by the time the afternoon rolls rolls around it settles, settles you don't down. Feel light-headed, low in energy. No, not really. No, I mean, no more than I mean usual. I, yeah, I mean I'm, that's just my default anyway, so I've noticed oh, the difference. I didn't know this is going on. Yes. So I I acknowledge it's I don't recommend this diet to anybody. You must be so good at cooking chili paneer now. Well, but the point the, the reason you I could meant- cook that and Tom could come round and you'd be like, I just I don't even <laughs> need to concentrate. Well the reason I mention it is I I'm cooking it a couple of times a week, but more often than not I'm, I'm ordering it uh, in when Sarah's out in the evening. Right. And I'm ordering it in from the same place. Oh, so every night at roughly the same time or almost every night, this one restaurant is getting an order in for just a sole starter sized portion of chili paneer. You know what they call you, right? What? <laughs> what they call you chili paneer man <laughs> or Mr. Chili yeah, Paneer. Yeah, You've yeah, got yeah. a name yeah, in a restaurant yeah, now. Yeah. My question is this. How long do I have to do this for before they start putting notes in the bag saying, are you OK? <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Chili Paneer. Yeah. I'm just checking in on you. <laughs> I'd give it another month, yeah, probably. That is funny thinking about what they say about you. Yeah. I told this story on the radio. It's him again. It'll be that, won't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. But and they'll be having bets on like the day when you like, yeah. order something different. Oh, where is he? I hope he's okay. <laughs> um, I, I know I told this story on the radio. I must have told it on the podcast. But years and years ago, I used to have this local Indian restaurant called Mahal. And they used to do something. I can't even remember what it was. But the only it was only available as part of a mixed starter for two. Right. And I really want to eat it. So I remember one time phoning up when I was just on my own and pretending I was ordering for two, <laughs> you know, covering the receiver of the phone going, what did, what did you want again? And ordering enough food for two people in a, in a way that wouldn't arouse their suspicions. Because <laughs> I got it in my head, they're thinking, that greedy <laughs> He's ordering a starter for two and there's only one of him. Mm. Like they'd even be thinking that. Um, So ordering like a whole meal, an extra naan bread, an extra rice and a second main course, which this is the craziest part of it. Mm. I ordered a main course with chicken in it because I I thought then they'll definitely think it's not me because they know I'm vegetarian. Oh, wow. This is properly... It was insane. It was insane. And when the guy arrived to drop it off because it was back when the people from the restaurant used to bring it, not delivery or Uber or whatever, I pretended to shout upstairs to my non-existent girlfriend. No, no. It's here. Yeah. So in some ways there has been some progress since then. I think this chilli paneer thing, I know it's a strange behaviour, but I do think it's sort of better than how I used to behave with my local Indian restaurant back in the early part of this millennium. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's baby steps, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right, let's
Let's have Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. First from Nina. I have an elderly nun living next door to me, not in a convent, just a semi-detached. During COVID, we've become more acquainted with each other. We are friendly in a drifterish sense, i.e. we're doing our best to look out for each other and then scuttle back into darkness and we text once a week. The issue is, is that all night, every night, for the whole night, she plays the radio or watches TV so loudly that even though I know it's her, I sometimes have to check that it's not our TV on downstairs. My thoughts are that she needs that comfort, so there is absolutely no way that I feel I can deny her it. The problem is, when I wake up in the middle of the night, drenched by an existential crisis that is going nowhere apart from my heart and breathing and wondering what the point of it all is... All I can hear is the incessant through-the-wall TV sounds interdispersed with the BBC famous dots that mark the start of each hour. So comforting in other times, but in the middle of the night, when crisis looms large, then simply magnify a magnification of the next dot that takes me closer to nothing and getting up to go through the whole pointless rigmarole of it all... (laughs) This would probably all happen anyway, but the nun's nighttime noise makes it very hard to focus on anything else. I can absolutely not tell her how I feel in an honest way because she would agree and then I would be awake all night thinking about the one comfort my elderly neighbour has got that has been taken away. I have tried only once to do a passive-aggressive banging shut of our window. I fantasise about repeatedly banging on the wall all night until it drives her mad and then pretending it's not me, though obviously it is. I guess there is no way around this apart from moving or sleeping more soundly or breaking into her house and stealing her sound-based devices, which I would then have to give back in an act of generosity, (laughs) or telling her and then denying her her sound. Is there anything else you can think of where we both win? I mean, if you've got money to burn, you could buy some of those wireless earpods. Yeah, but she's not going to want to be... She's not going to be wanting to using those. And also then you're you're having to say there's a problem. I'm going to try and ring... Oh, a friend of mine who I know has the similar thing with leaving the radio on and see how his um, previous... Oh, here we go. John, it's me. I'm here with Annabelle. We're recording. I'm pointing the phone into a microphone. But... Oh, it's him. Yeah, it's him. But I know what you're thinking. We're going to bring up that time when you were dating Annabelle and you dumped her on a birthday after not buying her a present. But we're not going to bring that up. There's no point. I don't remember anything about it. Right. We've got a quandary from one of our drifters who has a a, a flatmate. No, no. It's a neighbour. A neighbour who listens to the radio incessantly all night long. And she doesn't want her to to deny her that comfort and that pleasure because some people need that at night time. And and I know you're one of them. Just to get away from the thoughts in their head. Exactly. But our drifter, who when she wakes up, like it drenched in sweat, thinking about how futile it all is, she doesn't want to hear this sound. Now, I know that you are somebody who needs to sleep with podcasts or the the radio on or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I wondered if you could talk to us about how previous neighbours or flatmates or um, uh, uh, spouses even have dealt with this in the past. Well, I remember because Annabelle was very difficult about it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why I did what I did, because I needed the radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, Generally speaking, it's never been a problem. And partners have always initially been fine with it. But then usually when you get past a year, which I've done three times, I think, 
uh, that's then it's then the complaints start and it's kind of like I, look, I can't bear the radio all through the night you have to have that radio on all through the night so the solution that I found are the, you know the little bluetooth earbuds yes they come in a little battery pack and I rotate them through the night and I'll drift in and I'll just put one in one ear have it on very quietly like a little like an old man's hearing aid but for, for Radio 5 Live and I'll go through the night, so I, so nobody is bothered by it. So that's how you solve it. In uh-huh. terms of like you, but you, but you need to be someone who, like me, is you know, is selfless and thoughtful, and always looking for solutions for the for the people around me. Now, if your neighbour's not nice, they no, won't no she's that, a, she's a nun, an elderly nun. She's a nun. Yeah. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> Nuns have to be nice. <laughs> I think you. would probably get quite a lot of people who went to convent school who wouldn't, uh, <laughs> wouldn't agree with that. Well, did I tell you about the time I told a nun that, that John Lennon had died? I broke the news oh, yes, that John Lennon... Yes! <laughs> and it gave... I mean, it wasn't... Can we, was can so we, happy. Can we just I mean, be clear? Sad. Can we just be clear here? This wasn't in 1980 or... No. 19, yeah. No, she was a... Cos- a, a, what, a, a Cosseted nun? Not right. cosseted, that's weird. Not, she didn't live in a wardrobe. Yeah. But she was locked she was locked away from the world and had been since the early sixties. And I was I was interviewing her for something. And she, we were talking about what was the last thing you remember before you came in. And she said, Oh, the Beatles. I love the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. I love that John Lennon. <laughs> and I said, Oh, it's so sad what happened to him, isn't it? And she looked perplexed. <laughs> and, I, and she said, What happened to him? She was an American as well. I said, Well, your your people killed him. In New York, <laughs> I think she and she thought that some nuns had killed him. <laughs> I said, "No, not not nuns. An American, an American killed him with a gun." And she looked really crestfallen. What ballpark? What year think, were you telling her this? Forty uh, in 19, when was it? Twenty twenty seventeen. I didn't think it would ever happen, but I got to be the one that broke the bad news. Oh. So I would go around, right? Go around, go around, knock on the door. With with they only cost about twenty thirty quid these Bluetooth earbuds are a real bargain. Yeah, give them give them to her as a gift and show her how they work. Yeah, and then tell her about the untimely death. I don't know of Elvis or David Bowie, <laughs> but see see if she doesn't know about someone. Uh, you think death. if she's listening to Radio Five Live through the night or something, she's she's probably mm. au courant with. Well, what what's going on in the world? Yeah, what is she? What is she? What does a nun listen to through the night? Is it not Sound of Music soundtrack? Or? That's weird. Yeah. I don't it feels know. a bit sort of gay in a sort of frivolous way, I mean. Mm-hmm. For a nun to be mm. li- I'd want a nun to be listening to something more sober and serious. Right, yeah. I mean, there are some songs on it, which the slow version of Edelweiss, maybe. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, John, I mean, what I loved about your answer there was that that was my, that was my suggestion. Mm-hmm. Blue Tea, but they work brilliantly. They really have. They've changed my life. Great. Well, I'll let you get on uh, with whatever you're doing. Thanks. Uh, I, yeah, thanks. Would you, <laughs> would you rather carry on being distracted from what you're doing? <laughs> a little, a little. I, sh- I should mention here that John is, uh, John is the father of a very young child. Like four months, five months? Seven. Seven months. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and you made the claim when I saw you recently that because your partner is younger than you, uh, yeah. the the workload should be divided proportionately according to the energy you have at your age. Is that how it works? That's very interesting to know. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, I, th- I think we, I mean, we've done the tests. Yeah. The results are in. Mm. And I give, I give what I can. It's like the tax system. I think <laughs> it should be progressive. It's progressive, yeah. Let <laughs> yeah. those with the broadest shoulders. So what you're saying <laughs> is because you're a man in his mid, mid-40s, I think, at this point, you yeah. know, f- uh, f- for, for you to put in 50% of the effort might only equate to 20%, it, well, it 20% fair, of the childcare. It? it wouldn't be fair. <laughs> it wouldn't be fair. In the same way... That I'm paying a lot of tax yes. because I'm a bit older. I've got more coming in. Mm. I think I should have to pay less energy because if you're younger, you've got more energy. You've got yeah. more to go out. Does How do you sense? feel this with? Because Annabelle, of course, has a young lover who, who she's uh, boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, he needs to be doing all of the childcare when <laughs> he's not playing poker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this. I go agree. I'll, I'll go home and tell him. Yeah. All right, John. Thank you. No problem. Thanks very much. Bye. Are you angry at me for putting him on the podcast? No, I mean I I reluctantly agree that maybe that, that is the best solution. I don't know how, I don't know um what the sound quality will be like on that. I didn't have the phone plugged in or anything. Didn't have the right wire to hand because it was a little uh, spontaneous. But I hope, I hope people could hear what John was saying there. If they didn't, that's been a very boring ten minutes. <laughs> I'll check it. Okay, I'll okay. check it. Um, Should we move on to the next one? Then? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think. Anyway, mm. um, maybe. Oh, it could be an anonymous present, just like left on the doorstep. Yes, but no, I, it's I mean, too I, I, I don't know if this nun is going to need oh, a competition. You've won a competition. Yes. Like send it through the post saying you've won it. You've been selected at random. I've got it. You've been selected at random to test these new headphones out. If you like them, you can keep them. That's good. That's mm. good. That is good. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if something needs to be made explicit, though, mm-hmm. where she says, look, I've got you a little something. I hope this is helpful to you. I know you like listening to the radio a lot during the night. And a friend of mine told me that he, he does that too, but he uh, sleeps with one earbud in. Mm-mm. And um, I, I thought, I'll get you one of these and see how it goes for you. Okay, great. Yeah. Let's move on to Kendall then. My work colleague has misspelled her own name in her email signature. I noticed it immediately, but thought it would be more polite to allow her to catch it on her own. Mm. But it's been two years now. Do oh, I tell yeah. her? Whoa, oh, oh, oh. I think you made the wrong call in the first place. I think it's like if somebody has something on the face, you just tell them to spare them further embarrassment. Mm. Because the, why didn't you tell me? Mm. Plus the embarrassment is, is worse than just the embarrassment. Especially when it's been a two year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very easily solved. You set up anonymous Gmail account using, you know, a John No, uh, John Doe. Right, Joe Bloggs kind of a name, yeah, and just just tell her in that, and she'll never know it came from you. Okay, you might have to hide your IP address. <laughs> I don't, I don't think anyone's getting that and checking in the IP address. Well, you never or, know. Or you would, okay, I would, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any okay, anything fine, to add? No, fine. All right, send us your quandary, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast dot com. And that, Drifters, was this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, thanks to John, John Connerty, for... I can see you looking annoyed. I'm not, I'm not 
just at the mention of his name. Not annoyed. I'm, I'm completely over the fact that he broke up with me on my birthday 25 years ago. What a rascal. I'm over, I'm over it. What a rascal. Was it 25 years Maybe ago? Maybe it's 20 years ago. Maybe 20 years ago. Right, right. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to say something. Yeah, thanks, thanks to John. Uh, thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music. And uh, to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlick took our photos. Kim Rainey designed the artwork. And I'll finish this week uh, by, by saying, Sir, sir, are you small? Are you small, sir? Podication time. This comes from Annie in Shenzhen, who says, Ni hao, Jeff and Annabelle. Ni hao. I would like to request a podication for myself for my birthday on the 26th of September. I'm in China. This is great because I started the episode by saying, all right, my old China. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Come full circle. It has. Pretty much in every way. And it's been a hell of a year. Let me just say something here. I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it strikes me that the Chinese government are gatekeepers for what people can and ac- can and can't access via the internet. Mm. And maybe somebody in the Communist Par- Party has deemed this podcast as okay then, if Annie can listen to it in China. Oh yeah. Well why wouldn't it be okay? We we're we've got the thumbs up from the from the Chinese government. Thank you very much. This is you can hear us in China. Nobody's censoring us. Great. This is wonderful news. How can we monetize it? <laughs> oh, God, I'd really love to sort of break the Chinese market. Get the money from them. Yeah. Just, just... a pound per person will do me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Penny per person. Penny would be enough. be plenty. Be more than enough. Because I'm not being funny, <laughs> but there are a lot of lot of people in China. They certainly are. I'm, I'm not being funny, but there are a lot of them yeah. in China. Um, this is great. And he continues, I got stranded in Thailand for two months at the beginning of COVID, then spent two weeks in very strict quarantine when I was able to return. Unfortunately, they closed the borders four days after I returned, so most of my good friends are still not able to return to work eight months since they left for a week. That's brutal, isn't it? Yeah, very. I feel like I said the word return a lot there. I mean, I don't know how you could have expressed it differently. I'm not criticising you here, Annie, but... I'm exhausted from saying return so many times. (laughs) I would normally travel the whole summer. Last year I did Japan to Hawaii, to mainland states, to the UK, to France, then back. It's real uh, Phileas Fogg there. Yeah, very adventurous. So this year was very different and uh, we, we don't know when we'll see many of our colleagues and our families around the world as China's been super strict with coming and going. This is actually awesome for us here because everything else is pretty much back to normal. But I do miss my friends and see my family, especially both my grandmas who are in their mid-90s. It's rough. It's really rough for people. Sarah's incredibly down about the prospect of not seeing her family uh, at Christmas time. Mm. You know, already it's the longest she's ever gone without seeing a family. Yeah. Same for me, but I think it's you know, difficult when you're, you're in a whole other country so and you, you've, away, you've yeah. left your home and, you you know, your country, your culture are behind. Yeah, and yeah. 
things that you can actually it's really difficult really difficult um the best thing about covid it's a mm. sentence you don't hear very often keep isn't going, it? Opening keep to, going. is that it has changed my life for the much much better our school offered some free therapist sessions and i took these up after years of knowing i should probably see someone i see her every week and i've been put on anti-anxiety meds for the last four months it's amazing my confidence levels have gone through the roof in comparison to what it was and i've done such non-driftery things as organizing a group of people to go out wow amazing uh, inviting friends over to my apartment starting chinese lessons finally going to the doctors for concerns i've had for years and consequently having my first ever small operation and just generally not freaking out over tiny things I've already encouraged at least three other people to go to therapy and it's changed their lives too. This is great news. Amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. You know, you find the right therapist and it can make a big difference to you. I know it has to me over the years and various occasions and I should probably do a bit more. Mm. It's been a while. Um, she says... Not sure if I'll do anything for my birthday, but having a publication all the way from the UK would be gifts enough. Well, here you are. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. That, that's, uh, that's all really wonderful. It's so impressive that you took, took up that offer and the difference it's made. We're really yeah. thrilled for you. Uh, she signs off by saying Shay Shay means thank you. It's pronounced Shay Shay, kind of. And adds, life doesn't have to be so painfully driftery. Annie in Shenzhen. She's going to lose us all our listeners if they all oh, take us. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> uh, Annie, we're really thrilled for you. I hope um, you get to see your friends and and you know your family and anybody else who's in that position too mm. soon. It's mm. uh, it's difficult. You know, you've got to find your way through it, and you know you you've got to do what you can to play your part in it. All I guess, don't you? Yep. But um, thank you for the email, Annie. And if you'd like a publication, email us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.